A bloke who's flat out like a lot of the other health professionals around the place and, God, they're doing a great job and they're to be admired. We've got to love them to death, always do. Dr Michael Cusack is the Deputy Chief Public Health Officer here in South Australia, joins us on this Monday afternoon in what is a pretty busy schedule. Michael, good afternoon and welcome. How are you? Hello, Tony. Yeah, very good. How are you? Oh, well, I'm, I'm well, thank you. Gee, that's a... Gee, was, some of your colleagues are really under pressure. I, mm. I, I can imagine a lot of them going home and their partners, whether it be the husband or the wife or the kids, saying, hey, listen, Mum and Dad, you ought to be staying home. You're working in a, in a potentially dangerous environment. Are you running up against that problem? Um, I mean, obviously, there's, there's concerns as to, as to how you protect staff at work. So we've taken best advice on that, and we, we obviously ensure that our staff are protected at all times. But yeah. from, from, from what you see in, on the TV, you know, when in terms of the US and, 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 and what's gone on in Europe, that, that is obviously a cause, a cause for concern and one that we take seriously. This is from, uh, from Michael. He said, um, how do I tell if my flu-like symptoms are not COVID-19? What's the, what's the differential? Well, uh, a good question, and particularly as we go into the flu season, um, I think uh, w- what I'd say to Michael is that if he has, if he has been overseas or interstate or he's had any contact with, with a person who, who, who has COVID, then if he has flu seasons, he absolutely should, should get himself checked and he should self-quarantine until he's got an answer. Um, from what we know about, the, about how common the virus is in the community, that if you haven't got those kind of risk factors, then the likelihood is that, that you've got flu. Um, and that, that being the case, although you still need to kind of take care of yourself, and, and I would say still perhaps should should isolate yourself in order to stop your flu spreading you would not need to get a covid check on that on that basis all righty from fiona she says uh, is it okay to go to a hospital or, or a clinic where there have been obviously cases of the um, of the virus there um in terms of if it's safe, if it's safe to go to hospital yeah yeah <clears throat> is, is it safe to go to a hospital or indeed a doctor's clinic where the uh, yeah. where the COVID nineteen cases will have been obviously. Well, look, you know, we are we 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 follow really tight sort of cleaning regimes, and um, you know, after if someone has had COVID nineteen and they've either been in a hospital or in an ambulance or in the GP surgery, there'll be very detailed cleaning done after that. Right. Um, I would still say say to your listeners though that the frequency of covid in the general community is low and obviously there's a lot of public health work going on which is trying to keep that position um so i want to reassure obviously people that if they are if they have a need to go to hospital then they should go to hospital and, and be assured that that hospital will be in the you know in the absolute cleanest state yeah, it yeah. can be yeah, the same with uh, doctors' clinics and, uh, and doctors' Absolutely. surgeries. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. It's uh, 21 minutes to two. Our guest is Dr Michael Cusack, who's the Deputy Chief Public Health Officer here in South Australia. If you've a question, and there's a million questions out there, here's the opportunity of getting free and absolute expert advice by calling us on 8223 0000, that interactive number of ours. Uh, from Ivan, um, Michael, this is an interesting one. How long can the can the virus stay on surfaces for? Well, we're told to you know, wash everything down and clean it down but how long can can the virus actually stay there well it depends on the on the type of surface so the evidence that we have is that if it's a if it's a hard smooth surface so stainless steel or plastic then it can survive for 24 hours perhaps and there are instances 
it, it could survive a bit longer than that. Um, if it's wood or if it's fabric, carpet, that kind of thing, then, then the time is a lot less. But as you said, I mean, this is all about kind of taking good precautions, keeping surfaces clean and so forth, and obviously washing your hands as well. And I think that there is good evidence that if you that you should try and this is really hard to do but you should try and uh, and reduce the amount that you touch your face um and if you think about all the times over a day where you might have touched a thing and then touch your face it's it's really hard to do as well but the if you effectively if you cut the times that you touch your face in half in half um, hard as that is to do, then you would actually reduce your risk of infection, um, even if you do get it on your hands, by, by a similar amount. Margarita's question is, a, is an interesting one. I haven't heard this one before, uh, Michael. Um, wearing gloves, uh, um, the sort of gloves that the surgeons wear, is that a good idea? Well, it depends how often you change them, I guess, because um, obviously the surgeon would change their gloves after every case or every procedure. And I think... As we just said, in terms of if you pick a if you pick the virus up off a surface, say, um, to for the glove to be a benefit to you, you'd have to be changing it after every time you touched a thing where the virus might be. Clearly, around your own home, you would, you know, the, the likelihood of you having the virus in the house is very low. So obviously, wearing gloves there, you could keep them on all day, but probably they'd not be doing much for you. Out and about, I would say um, you'd have to be thinking. For the gloves to provide a meaningful protection, you'd have to change them a lot. I would go back to the earlier answer. I think the key here is uh, to is, is to wash your hands if you've if you've coughed, if you've sneezed, or if you've touched something which someone has just coughed and sneezed on. I think then you know you, you'd, you'd want to sanitise your hands, or or you'd want to wash your hands. It's uh, 18 minutes to two. We're talking with uh, a man who knows all about it, Dr Michael Cusack, who's the Deputy Chief Public Health Officer here in South Australia. From uh, Elaine, she said, I know the question has been posed many times before, but there seems to be contradictory evidence. Face masks, are they necessary and who should be wearing them? Well, they're clearly, if a person person has infection, in order to, to prevent that kind of spreading outside... You know, if they were, if they happened to be not inside, then then obviously, or they had to come into hospital or something, then you know, we would put a face mask on that person as soon as they left the front door in order to to prevent, you know, that those kind of droplets be, being being spread. You know, you do see people around wearing face masks, and um, and again, I guess with uh, as with the gloves, I think they don't provide a great deal of protection when you're just going about your day to day business. So in a way, it depends what your business is. If you're a, a doctor or a nurse who is who is looking after a person who has COVID infection, then clearly you would need the full range of personal sort of protective equipment sort of before you go into the room. But if you're someone who is just, say, on their way to work wearing a face mask, then it's unlikely that that face mask will, will, will do you any good whatsoever because, obviously, to, for the infection to, to pass, you have to get fairly close up, up, up close and personal with someone who has infection. So that's where we get into the social distancing. So I think rather than wearing a face mask, I would really w- want to encourage your, your listeners to really be thinking about that advice that we keep putting out there about social distancing and how important that is, that the further we can keep people away from each other and the further we can reduce contact between people stops the virus having those opportunities to jump from one person to the next and that's how we kind of will kind of get in front of the virus and and break the epidemic
If you have a question for Dr. Michael Cusack, here's the opportunity. This is uh, expert advice. This is considered advice. Available right now on 8223000 from Raymond. Uh, Ray says, uh, uh, some people are adamant that it is true. Others are saying, no, it's a furphy. Can I actually catch the virus from handling money or bank cards? That's a really good question. Um, I guess, I suppose, a theoretical answer would be, let's say, to take a, you know, if I gave you my bank card, not that I perhaps would do that, but if I did um, and I had just, you know, and I was infected and I had, you know, put an, a large quantity of virus, let's say I just coughed over it, I gave you my card and then you put your, having touched the card, put your hand to your face and into your nose and so forth, that would need to be the kind of sequence of events for that, chain of virus moving from one person to the next. So I, the reason I'm saying I think it's theoretically possible is that it requires an awful lot of things to sort of line up for that for that to occur. And that's again, sorry to kind of keep rehearsing the same record there about the hand washing and so forth, but that's why taking these precautions and adopting social distancing and these, that's how these things actually work and that's how, you know, in countries that have done well in terms of um, sort of minimizing or reducing the impact of covid-19 that's how they've that's how they've won this game it is by it is by doing these kind of things which although on the face of it don't sound that significant actually it's not about the drugs and so forth which we often talk about how we uh, how we treat certain diseases this this at the moment in south australia is all about public health and those um, and, and the advice which the public health doctors, myself included, are sort of putting out there all the time. Dr Michael Cusack is our guest, the Deputy Chief Public Health Officer here in South Australia from uh, from Modbury. Uh, let's uh, get to um, uh, we'll get to to Mike in, a, in just a moment or so with a with a question for uh, uh, for Dr Cusack. Hang, hang on a minute or so, Mike. I'm uh, struggling here, okay. but here we are. Hello, Mike. What's your question for the doctor? Uh, yes, could you ask the doctor? Um, can the virus survive in the fridge? If you put something in the fridge, can it survive in the fridge? Oh, I haven't heard that one before. Uh, Dr. Michael? Okay. Good question. Um, well, as, he, as you've just said, I've not heard that question before, but I think just from what was seen in, in, in China when they talked about um, whether they were getting more problems in the winter or if, if things might be better in the summer, um, I think there was evidence that the virus could survive longer in the cold than in the warm, because in Europe at the oh, moment they're okay. thinking, well, if they get into, if one of their strategies was that if they could delay things and get into the summer months, things might be a bit better when the weather warmed up. So I think if you work that backwards, um, if you did have virus, let's say on a on some you know on a glass dish or something that you'd put in the fridge, um, that that it might survive longer on that surface than if you'd put it outside on a sunny day. Interesting question, Mike. Thank you for that. Uh, let's go to Clapham this time around and Ben from there. Hello, Ben. Uh, yeah, uh, can you ask the doctor? I live alone and uh, uh, I don't go out anywhere. Do I still have to uh, wipe all, all, all the uh, light switches and all the door handles every now and then? Uh, okay, Doctor um, Doctor Cusack, um, Ben living alone, but does he need to? Um, does he need to actually keep wiping things down all the time? Um, no, well, I mean, I suppose, obviously, alongside the advice we'd give around COVID-19, there would just be sort of good, good sort of health advice, full stop. I guess, um, I guess if, if the virus isn't coming into, into Ben's house, 
then um, in terms of the wiping down, then obviously there wouldn't be virus on the surfaces, so it's unlikely that the wiping would would be clearing the virus off the surfaces. But obviously, in terms of Ben sort sort of taking good care of his health in in more general terms, then 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 clearly there's a lot to be said for making sure the surfaces are clean. All righty. Okay, Ben, good luck with that. Um, uh, let's see. Chris at uh, Paradise, a lady. Chris, we'll get to you in a moment or so with a, a question for Dr Michael Cusack. Uh, it's uh, just on 12 minutes to two now. Craniofacial Australia has been supporting those with craniofacial conditions for over 40 years in Australia and overseas. In 2020, as part of our commitment to research, Craniofacial Australia is offering grants to those who meet our funding guidelines on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in being part of this new and exciting program, simply email research at acmff.org.au. Be part of the team changing faces, changing lives. Visit craniofacial.com.au. Whoever said that downsizing can't be an upgrade? If you're not getting any younger and the garden is becoming more of a chore than a charm, it's time to consider an independent retirement lifestyle with Resthaven. In a Resthaven independent unit, you'll get everything you need without all the bells and whistles that others charge for, so there'll be money left over for holidays without worrying about the house. Rest assured, Resthaven. For lots of helpful information, go to retirementliving at resthaven.asn.au. There's just uh, five days to go for the special uh, HCF health insurance deal with the people of the 50upclub.com. I use this special offer with Australia's biggest non-for-profit health fund and see how you can save yourself and your family hundreds and hundreds of dollars. They've got $400 e-gift card for families and couples and single-parent families who switch to a new combined policy with HCF at the 50 Up Club and stay for three months. There's also $120 e-gift cards for singles, but only up until Friday, the 3rd of April. Now, that's this Friday, so effectively the end of this week. Terms and conditions apply. Waiting periods may also be applicable as of right now, but join today and save yourself a lot of money. This is thanks to HCF and the 50upclub.com. It's free to join, so don't wait. You have up until Friday of this week, so it's a matter of, well, at the end of the week, the offer will not be available. Get the details and find out if it's suit you at the 50upclub.com easy as that sunrise is where the news breaks every morning seven news is the undisputed news leader at six o'clock every evening the latest is where you're updated with every breaking fact at seven o'clock you know the moment we know on air and online at sevennews.com.au the seven news team report to you That's why Australia turns to 7 News. Care Alert is receiving a number of calls from people worried about their loved ones in isolation. We are living in an unprecedented time and we want to help. Should a sudden illness occur while you're isolated at home, one press on your emergency pendant and help will be on its way. Various payment options are available, including rental. Or if you have access to My Aged Care or NDIS funding, you could receive yours totally free. Now is the time to act. Call 1300 75 85 95 or visit carealert.com.au. There are plenty of plumbers around town, but there's only one with service. Glenelg Plumbing Service. It's there in the name. Google Glenelg Plumbing Service or call 8295 1122. 
8295 North Point Toyota is still open for business with added precautions in place to keep you and their team safe. The team are sanitising the showroom alley, disinfecting steering wheels, gear sticks and keys, plus gloves are being worn on road tests. If you're still unsure, North Point are offering valet services and test drives where one of the team will come to you. In these uncertain times, you can rely on North Point Toyota. It's the North Point way. Hillcrest Prospect, Port Augusta and NorthPointToyota.com.au School kids Chloe and Liam were forced to flee domestic violence with their mum. Squeezing into one room at a refuge meant no space for homework and it disrupted their sleep. But through Mission Australia, they received a stable home for their family, new shoes to fit in at school and counselling to process their trauma. Please donate today to help other homeless families like Chloe and Liam's. Call 1-800-888-868 or visit missionaustralia.com.au. Scrape your caravan, Walker Crash Caravan Repairs. Easy insurance repairs, fast. This is Tony Pilkington. On a Monday afternoon here on Adelaide's 5AA, our guest is the Deputy Chief Public Health Officer here in South Australia, uh, Dr Michael Cusack, and along with all of the other health professionals, absolutely flat out at the moment or so. Uh, Michael, we've got a question for you from uh, from Chris at Paradise. Hello, Chris. Hi, 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 Pilko. Hi, Doctor. Um, Save me a call to my own doctor, which I was going to make. One of the symptoms of COVID nineteen is you can get pneumonia. There are pneumonia vaccines around. Is it an idea to get one? Can you get one? How much does it cost? Do you need a doctor's prescription? What are your thoughts? All right. Thanks, Chris. Well. Um that's a good question. There is a vaccine for a particular form of pneumonia. It's a pneumococcal vaccine. Um, and I think it's uh, available to over 65 to, who are at risk. Um, I think it would be worth having a chat with your doctor as to if, if that's available for you. Um, would I advise that the general population have it? I, I don't think there's any evidence that at, at this point in time that that is a thing which which will protect you in the you know in a in a COVID infection, but I think if you are in an at risk group, or um, then then I would I would certainly have that conversation sort with the GP. Do you need a script to get it? The GP would have to prescribe it, and um, and probably the practice nurse perhaps would, would then have to inject it. Yeah. All righty. Okay. Uh, thank you. Right, Chris. Good luck with that, Simon at Lewiston. Hello, Simon. Good day, Tony and Chris. How are you going? Well, we're both well, thank you. I can talk Hello. to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's always good. Um, I've got a quandary, well, a question. Um, I've got a daughter with my ex-partner that lives in the southern suburbs where, you know, I have visitation and stuff and she comes up here, and I live in the northern suburbs near Gawler. Should she come up for Easter? Bearing in mind they've got completely different, you know, family groups and friends and stuff. Oh, dear. Mm. Mike, I, I think the isolation thing just kicks in here again. I think it does. I think that's a tough question. But, yeah, I think um, I think, I think, think if possible, I would suggest that um, you sort of make other arrangements and that the isolation, as we said, is the, uh, is the key here. Especially with, uh, with, with uh, yeah, especially with Easter coming up, the temptation to catch up with family and friends and loved yeah. ones. Um, well, D- well, Diana at Parkham. Hello, Diana. What's your question for, uh, for Dr. Michael? Uh, good morning, Grandpa and Doctor. Um, is, is it a myth or is it true that this virus can survive more on steel, like petrol caps and 
still that it that it can live there. It, it is it is true um, that it does it does it does tend to survive longer on hard smooth surfaces. So the evidence that we have is that um, it tends to live longer on steel, um, smooth steel, um, and and on plastic, and somewhat less longer on say wood or or carpet or fabric. Um, so we should be cleaning all those surfaces with methylated spirits that are like if that. If you've been cleaning it, oh absolutely. If you've cleaned it, mm. then it's clean. But um, yes. if someone then comes after you who has the infection, who is COVID positive and cut, uh. coughs on the petrol cap, then the likelihood is that you, you would again have virus on there. and it, Around there. Mm. Yeah. So, and it could live for maybe 24 hours on that surface and, um, and sometimes, sometimes a bit longer. Um, and that, so effectively, that's why if you're cleaning regularly, um, you, should, yeah. you should have a clean petrol cap. All righty, just a case of <laughs> all the precautions we have to take. Mark, you're down at Morpha Vale with a question for Dr Cusack. Hello, Mark. Yeah, hi, Doctor. And hi, Pilka. And uh, my daughter was tested for coronavirus last Monday evening by a locum, and she still hasn't had the results. Right. Well, that's... Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and so that's a, that, that's a week ago. I'm just checking. I've got yep. the right Monday. Yes, um, I would say my my advice would be to 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 get in touch with your normal GP. Um, the result yep, I would she's done I would, that and yep. she hasn't he hasn't got report. Okay, um, I don't think I'm going to be able to solve that on the on the line now. <laughs> but I think my my advice would be perhaps if you have a chat with the with, with the GP, they could maybe ring SA Pathology and just find where that where that result's got to. Right. Yeah, Mark, good luck with that. for a week. <laughs> yeah, all righty. OK, uh, Mark, good luck with that. It, uh, it, it's not an easy one to solve. No. Uh, as you... Um, um, I can imagine just how busy you are. I mean, again, it boils down, does it not, um, Dr Michael Cusack, the uh, self-isolation thing is the thing we should be adhering to if we want to get on top of this in the, in the short right. term. You know? That's right. I mean, I think, you know, we've, we've seen, you know, we were seeing, we, we were seeing a worrying increase in the number of daily cases as we went into the weekend. I mean, we did see less yesterday, but, but obviously we are very concerned about the, about the number of cases that we've had in South Australia. I think for us to get ahead of this and then to be able to really chase down each possible contact of a person that, that we identify has the infection, we do need to sort of bring the number of cases down. And as you've said, the only way we can, we can really do that is by moving people apart effectively, breaking the virus's opportunity to sort of jump from person to person. So, you know, when we've seen big crowds of people together, you know, the images on the news, um, that, those, those are the times when if there is an infected person in the mix there, that gives the virus the opportunity to, to sort of uh, jump mm. where... Most people are observing the social distancing, so it's. But it's you know we need to still get the message out further. Okay, uh, doctor. Before you go, Jenny's got a question for us. And uh, Jenny, you're at um, doesn't matter where you're. You're Para Hills. Hello, Jenny. Hello, 
Hello, Pilko. Hello, Dr. Cusack. Do, look, if I could just ask a question, probably a lot of um, grandparents are in the same boat. Um, I'm um, nearly 64, and I look after my uh, four-year-old granddaughter a couple of days a week. Now, uh, she's been to the doctor today, and she's uh, the doctor said she's got a bit of mucus in her, and she's got a little bit of fluid in uh, her right lung. And he said he's put her on antibiotics. He said he doesn't. She doesn't have uh, coronavirus, but she's got to be isolated for 14 days and I'm just wondering where does that put me as in babysitting for a couple of days a week (laughs) and yeah I'm not sure because I'm like I'm nearly in my mid-60s sure no I think that's a really good question I mean in a way it partly goes to why um you know these discussions that have been being had as to should schools close or should they remain open and obviously we've been advocating very much for, for, for schools to be open because one of the reasons being that so children would need to be looked after um, if they're not going to school. I think to come to your specific point, um, I think if your granddaughter isn't well, and and given though the though it's unlikely that she very unlikely indeed that she has the has the coronavirus infection, I think if if there are alternative arrangements that your family w- was able to make in the short term, then that might be the best thing. But it's really difficult to answer. Not not being your doctor and not knowing all, all of your circumstances. Jenny, you're uh, you're one of hundreds and hundreds of grandparents right around Australia going through the same uh, the same you know, concerns at the moment. Doctor Michael uh, Cusack, Michael, thank you for your time this afternoon. Thank I do you. appreciate how very busy you are. You've been expert, and uh, we much appreciate it. And we'll talk again, no doubt, down the track. Great, thanks. That's the Deputy Chief Public Health Officer here in South Australia. Flat out, as you can imagine, Dr Michael Cusack, along with all of the other health professionals, doing a great job and all as they are. Two o'clock in news time, and then right after that, uh, we'll...